explode. Right near the sunlight. But he could only do it once because he's not invulnerable. But it would be devastating. (laughs) It would be a devastating explosion. So that's why he's the greatest. Yes. And he would die. And he used it. And it was a good story. It was was all right. I didn't expect it. It was good. It was better than it had any right to be. And then he had the black chick was his homegirl. And what was her power again? Like she could warp reality or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And nobody remembered that she was around either. Like, S-Men are good for that, bringing up a character. There's a lot of ones like that. Like, there was one dude, he was like, his name was like Afterthought. Like, he's always there, but as soon as you meet him, you (laughs) forget him. He's been throughout their history. He has helped them fight guys, but no one ever remembers this guy. critical to victory, but nobody recognizes him. And S-Men are good for that shit. They're really good for that. Uh, All right, let's go ahead and jump in. Uh, Hey, everyone, welcome to another episode of Escaping Podcast. The best podcast in Colorado Springs when it comes to all things nerdy, geek, and everything in between. And by in between, he means those years from childhood to adulthood. Yes, sir. Today, we are talking about teenage heroes, teenage super teams, and... uh, what, teeny boppers? Teeny boppers, boppers in general, Ainksville, adolescents. Kids bop. Yeah, yeah. kids Boy bop. bands. Boy bands. Uh, Boy I'm kids. Daniel, as always. To my right, I've got... Kells for show. And uh, across the table, joining us is, uh, what's your name, guy? John Mark. John Mark, two first names. Yep, that's me. I like that. <laughs> I'll, I'll make up for He's got too many first names. I've got just initials, so TJ. Whoa! Hey. That's, uh, I mean, it's <laughs> concise. It's good. So, uh, guys, what um, what super what teenage superheroes have you been... Um, Reading about uh, lately, I'm dying right now. But let's uh, let's keep going, even if I die. Don't, Don't die. Don't die. <laughs> Don't do that to us. <laughs> what have you guys been reading, uh, teenage wise? Um, actually, I was gonna bring this up towards uh, um, the ass end of the show because you know there's always random teenage groups out here. But the teenage um, comic book that I'm currently reading that I'm always gonna be attached to is uh, Power Rangers, both Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and Go-Go Power Rangers. Right, right. And for those out there, out there that don't know this, yes, they do have a comic book. Uh, one is based off the first six months of them being Rangers, and the next one follows them six months after Tommy joins the squad. And it um, basically it's a, like a loose um, reboot of the TV show universe, but it's more modernized, so there's YouTube and phone, cell phones incorporated into the stories. And it's just give you way more layers and uh, dimensions to the characters that you didn't even think possible, and it just totally takes the franchise to awesome new directions. Nice. Uh, I guess, yeah. you real quick, before we go any further, I should mention that we are recording from Escape Velocity Comics like we always are. And uh, as always, our opinions, our beliefs, uh, all the jokes we make in this episode and on our podcast do not reflect that of Escape Velocity, its staff, its store, its aura, its belief, its... Uh it's <laughs> yes we are our own uh, independent entity yes so you know don't hold them responsible for the dumb shit we say we just say dumb shit because yes. we're a bunch of dumb shits and dumb shit makes great ideas grow <laughs> that, that being said just about anything we talk about on this podcast is available at escape velocity almost yeah so um so what about what are you tj so i so i've always read you know all things x-men related so uh new mutants uh generation x uh even the x-men original x-men the strangest teens of all um and then uh, just lately just for some i don't know some breath here i've been uh, reading runaways okay yeah uh the runaways is kind of a crazy one because they find out uh not, not to get too ahead of ourselves but that their parents are super villains yeah yes. oh, almost right from jump and that's like I think one of the best um, hooking selling points to um, the Runaways. Like, hey, if you thought your parents were evil, no, <laughs> ours are. <laughs> like, no ifs, ands, or buts. They are the bad guys. Genuine evil. 
Uh, personally, I've been reading uh, the New 52 and Rebirth and the current stuff of Teen Titans, as well as the uh, the Champions, the Marvel uh, superhero team. I've, I've, I've heard really good things about that. It's pretty good. Uh, you kind of went a little more uh, independent on yours. Yeah, yeah, and I went a little further back in time. I started with the uh, Kick-Ass graphic novel, there which you go. came out mm. in 2008. Ooh, and, it's it's brutal. I can't it's believe it's brutal. been that long. I know. I, I know. When that shit came out, that <laughs> was like wow. It, it, it still feels current though, because yeah. it's because it's just that kind of like anytime right. USA. That's <laughs> when sort the, of. Just, when did the movie come out? I want to say the movie came out in like 2012. All right, and yeah. then that cat was Quicksilver. Yes, he was. Yeah. All the Avengers. So. Oh, you say all the Avengers. He yeah. died in the every, same one that he was... Every uh, one of them he's been in. He's the Thunderbird of the Avengers. He's <laughs> the right, only one that right. has a game. <laughs> uh, so, uh, what do you guys think makes these teenagers want to create their own teams instead of being part of the superhero community at large? Well, I got I, I, Unless they have some kind of a unified identity, like I'm sure Kelsey's going to talk about, you know, Power Rangers... M. Cron crystal robot guy that decides you know Power Rangers need to be around <laughs> Zordon um, Zordon Zordon um, but uh, but I, I would I would offer that most of them probably don't right want yes. right. to cre- set out to make teams but they're brought together because they're children right they're brought right. together by some other adult or some other adult influence mm-hmm. yes. and then not forced like a gunpoint but just by circumstance um, into a team sure and and that's not always the case because sometimes they they find it on their own and then find themselves in that life. Uh, yeah, right. They're, you know, they, they're, they're kind of going through a really interesting phase in their life. So they're, they're, they're trying to figure out who they are while also figuring out who they are as, as a hero. Okay. So it, it, it adds a lot of little levels to it where it's like, well, how do I control this power? And also, where's this hair coming from on my body? <laughs> <laughs> That's the most terrifying part of these books. It's coming from inside. Yes. The call is coming from inside the house. I'm going to say that. And the hair is coming from <laughs> inside. inside. Yes, it's all coming from inside, folks. It's always inside of you. All that hair. That's where the true power lies. Yes. <laughs> Just got to concentrate to push it out. <laughs> so one of the things I noticed with reading uh, like uh, the Teen Titans stuff, there's... Um, uh, influx of heroes, these teenage heroes that are causing problems. It seems like because uh, they don't—they're not properly trained for their abilities. They want to be like these superheroes that they see in the community, but they are clumsy. They're—they're—they don't have it all together. And I want to say it's Tim Drake, Red Robin, who looks at a picture of Batman. And he's like, "What the hell were you thinking, bringing kids into this kind of world? Like, you know, <laughs> to do this?" He was thinking about bringing down the villains, and he needed a cute little distraction. To make sure his crime fighting could get um, done with optimal precision, so that's why he had Robin back uh, back in the day with his little booties and his little spanks <laughs> on, wearing bright colors to just be a target. Just around, distracting yeah, everybody. Distracting. Like, so he's bait. Yes, he's bait. <laughs> Jailbait. <laughs> no, he's bait bait. <laughs> so, so, but he was properly trained, and a lot of these ones you see, they're just figuring it out. Like uh, with yeah. mutants, it hits at puberty. Right. Yes, sometimes the they blow up schools by accident. Sometimes they freeze their teachers or bullies or kill it's, a parent or, kill a parent. Yeah. or fall out of an airplane. He, they're not. They're not all as lucky as uh, like Colossus, who figured it out by saving his sister from a runaway tractor. Yes. And destroying their tractor on the Russian collective farm. Yeah, it's not great. Yes, but then I um, found out in, like, the origin of Colossus, that wasn't actually his first uh, initial time turning to steel, which we were led to believe. Because if he didn't know that was going to happen, he would have been... They both would have died. Yeah, the both of them would have been yeah. chopped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so then with these lesser-trained heroes, are their uh, contributions or um, initial contributions even valid? Or are they just at that point technically menaces to society? 
Well, so I think that uh, I, I'm going to dodge your question a little bit. But, um, <laughs> so I think that most of the time it's all about them learning how to use their powers. And so there's obviously accidents along the way. Buildings get vaporized, you, you know, what childhood friends, you know, uh, die. And right, they, right. Um, so I guess it's so are the contributions significant? Well, of course not. They're they're clumsy at best and they're, okay. they're stumbling, but stumbling forward, perhaps. And and. So I guess they end up being sort of significant because they end up winning in the end. Right. Uh, but, well, so for example, maybe not. So like uh, alchemy is a, is a teenage uh, mutant that was you know, born by uh, what uh, public bo- public uh, suggestion and voting from Marvel, right? <laughs> she was the world's baby. Not she. It's a, it's a guy. <laughs> well, see, there you go. Okay. Anyway, uh, but anyway, so, he, so his, uh, his powers are to, you know, to change anything into anything else. Okay. But because he's just learning his powers, um, he's made a couple of things out of you know, you know, some basic materials and something like change things into gold. But that's actually what happens is he, he, he changes living things into gold and can't figure out how to change them back. Okay. So there's the accident. Is it beneficial? Sometimes, sort of. In that particular issue, yes. But, um, but then he ends up dying for it. And that's rough because, again, teenager, a whole lot of potential ahead of them if they had the chance to do it. Yes. Yeah. But um, so with you reading Kick-Ass, yeah. tell me about, like, for those of you that don't know Kick-Ass, you know, tell us about, um, you know, why he does what he does. Uh, yeah, sure. Well, uh, he's he's just a actual normal kid, so he doesn't have any powers or okay. anything like that. So he's not turning anything into gold or <laughs> screwing up like mm-hmm. in that sense. He's just falling off of buildings and tripping and you know just like <laughs> hurting himself. And uh, you know, uh, pretty much his only power was that he was almost murdered and then had metal plates put in him, <laughs> and he has almost no sense of pain and he can handle his like, ass being kicked he can yeah. take a beating <laughs> that is also one of his he definitely gets his ass kicked way more at the start yes. before he starts kicking any so, ass well, well, while he's still in that training wheels phase right, right. That you are were there uh, any other heroes in this world or is he the first or uh, he was kind of the first one to get famous because someone filmed him on a camera and then it went viral and they're like, oh, kick like ass. Like Claire in um, uh, Heroes. Heroes, Heroes, Heroes yeah. yeah. Save oh, the cheerleaders, go. save the world. Save the cheerleaders, save the world. That didn't Too bad he couldn't save the franchise. Not even oh. Henry Zabrowski could make the, the reboot good. Yeah, that's, that's rough because he's a beautiful man. I love that show. <laughs> I great. loved it. Yeah, yeah. Up to season two, then. Yeah. That's a so, whole other episode. Uh, how, does, how, how does this teenager compare to, or how does he add up or uh, stack up to the heroes that do exist in this world? Well, uh, he's kind of a punk because he doesn't know what he's doing and he's kind of getting himself into trouble oh. where he's like, oh, I'm in this drug dealer's apartment now and all I have is a stick and mace. <laughs> Which is and not what you want when you go to a drug dealer's apartment. You want cash. Right. You want, you know, at least a, a smell-proof bag. Wait, no. I mean, you want uh, <laughs> <That's> a <strategy>. <laughs> something. Something. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's he's uh, basically just almost getting himself killed a whole bunch uh, until he runs into Big Daddy, which is kind of the, the, the Batman ripoff. That was uh, TJ's nickname in high school, actually. Right? Still is. <laughs> Seems accurate. <laughs> Hopefully not in high schools across America, but just like when you were in high oh. school. <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. When I was a young warhog. <laughs> <laughs> so Big Daddy, uh, does, does he take him under the wing, or is it more like a, when you see the teens doing it, like, hey, you're not trained, get the fuck out of the game? Well, they, they uh, slowly kind of come around to him, but he, he, he is already teaching his daughter hit girl who hit is the girl. ultimate badass of this show mindy yes. mindy kayleen yeah. from the office because if big daddy's sure. batman sure. um hit girl is definitely his damien 
Yeah. Okay, okay. Not yeah. Dick, not Jason, not... Um, she is mean. Yeah. She has a mouth <laughs> on her, and she just tears rooms up with those swords. Right. She steals the scene in almost every scene that she's in. Where it's she like, does. she's the real hero here. Would you see her, you know, sure, smashing Sure, but she's people. also a kid, but I guess the difference there being is uh, properly trained versus just yeah. trying your best. Yeah. And uh, like you were saying with the Robins, they were properly trained. Yes, they were. Some... Some Robins have more areas of expertise than others. For example, like Dick Grayson is a natural uh, acrobat because right. he's the only like person in the DC universe that could pull off like a quintuple backflip or some shit crazy like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tim Drake he's the most intellectual one. He's like the closest to Batman when it comes to detective skills. Then you have like Jason Todd, the rebellious bad boy. Then you just have Damon Wayne that's just. <laughs> Well, he was a natural born by the, killer uh, by his he was trained by his granddad Ra's al Ghul mm-hmm. to be an assassin so he's like the most deadliest fighter at his age in particular okay so they all the robins have their own little niches about them that make them unique so a- another level of being properly trained I'd say is uh, with the X-Men they they're literally going to the academy in danger rooms uh, you know scenarios how does that play out for them <laughs> Well, so for the X-Men, and then sort of repeated is the, right, the new mutants, but, uh, uh, but so they, they need to have some sort of a fatherly figure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it, so with this trope, it seems that, that the teenagers are fundamentally irresponsible, don't know what they're yes. going to, don't know what they're doing, but they also don't have a greater understanding of their context and the, the world. Right, right. And, and so what it is they're going to do. So... You get the original X Men together, and all of them are kind of fumbling, hormonal idiots. <laughs> Everybody's um, trying to holler at Gene. Right. Even <laughs> Professor X, which is yeah, a problematic. Gross. One frame in one comic book. How can I tell her that I love her? I'll keep it a secret for now. I shall wipe her memory. Well, I guess yeah. technically everybody was in love with except for Bobby. But that's... Yeah, Bobby was, uh, <laughs> no, Bobby, Bobby was down with that too, but of course that was retconned thank a little you, bit Bendis. later on. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. You know, to add, what, 50 years later. And, but, um, Just right around the corner. But the point is, the point is, is they got to have this uh, sort of a bubble around them. Right. Which is... Which doesn't necessarily protect them, but it keeps them in the same teenage context. So if you take your original Teen <laughs> Titans, not your latest ones, right? Right. The te- original Teen Titans are all like the the child photocopies of other heroes. Yeah, right? yes. they're analogs. So you get yes. Robin for Batman. You get Wonder Girl for Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. You get Kid Flash for Flash. You get you know Aqu- Aqualad for Aqualad. You get Speedy yeah. for Green Arrow. So um, anyway, and all the people that they deal with are either complete idiots mm-hmm. or they're other teenage fighting something right right and so um it keeps it sort of safe but i guess maybe the word is bite size bite size so yeah um but anyway so it keeps it so the bubble keeps them within with challenges that are going to meet them except for uh the original (laughs) x-men who who, go up against you know the island that walks like a man krakoa like one of the most powerful villains in the world which was magneto right right their training wheels was kicked off their bike very early in their yeah. career as young mutants. <laughs> and for more on Magneto and Krakoa, check out our first two episodes about uh, Jonathan Hickman's House and Powers of X and Ten. It's uh, some sexy, sultry stuff. Nice plug. <laughs> um, That's called a callback. So there, there is a difference between some teenage some teenage groups um, going into it on their own instead of being brought in, and then others like the Robins, like the the mutants, who are knowingly brought in on this war. They're soldiers. Whether they realize it or not, they're soldiers in a war. Others who are saying, no, I'm going to fight, you know, my way. 
Like I, I'm with champions, they kind of realized that their their heroes were still just people, and they were having these superhero battles every other fucking month. And they're like, you know, we're gonna go, we're gonna go change the world. We're gonna make a difference because you guys f- forgot what it meant to be a superhero. Exactly. Like too much infighting. Too much infighting. Why not work together and make a better tomorrow? Which does work for them for a while, but then they also fall into infighting and. But they, their their intentions at the start were not to mirror that of their heroes, but to use their resources to do better. Yes. Well, how long did it take them to, to start infighting? <sighs> I know time is weird, but it... I'd say it took at least uh, a run and a half. Because the first one, it was them against other teams, you know? And then eventually, uh, when secrets were kept... When you know they always are. They always are. It's what aren't you telling us, Oliver? And that's you know what eight seasons of Arrow. Yes, that's crazy. Flashback. <laughs> How much time did he spend on that fucking island? Not all the time. No, he but he kept said that. Off and going back on and Russia. <laughs> Russia for some reason. He said he wasn't in downtime. That's for sure. No. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why he stays in shape. I get to exactly. sit around and these episodes. Abs ain't gonna crush themselves. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it's um. Completely lost my fucking train of thought. Well, Think I was about gonna... them abs, man. That salmon ladder. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's the only way to make it through. So, <laughs> I was gonna, say, I was gonna offer that that it seems that the these teenage books mm-hmm. stay teenage for a while until that trope gets old. Yes. Or until the teens get old. And then they and, have to. And that's why, you know, so the X-Men, you know, like I said, time's weird, so it takes them, you know, 30 years. But uh, you don't have to stop being teens, but then, no, uh, they're doing too many adult things, and, you know, right. and, and we've died, we're part of the universe, talking about Jean Grey. You know, now, and, and now we come back, so that's kind of adult stuff. Um, sure. So now we need to have some more kids around, so bam, we got New Mutants. Uh-huh. Um, and then New Mutants go off, and now they're, you know, Eternals and Valkyries and all kinds of weird shit. And so, and so now we got to have Generation X. Yes. Which is again follows a little bit in some ways uh, that analog where they have the kid versions of other important films. right. So do you think that's copy and pasting, or do you think it's like the uh, the trope of you got to have the certain elements in your D and D party? You know, in your in your adventuring party, you need a you need a tank, you need a healer, you need a fighter, you need you know it's got to yeah. you got to fill no, those slots. Yeah, no, I think that's that is absolutely there. But I think what we're actually seeing is is sort of a, a return to to scooping up your market. Right, right, right. There's so. always going to be a need for new readers, and a lot of the readers tend to be teenagers, so we need a new teen team right. every couple years. So especially with the X-Men, because there's always new mutants being born, and they got to get the new ones in, get the old ones out. A lot of time with X-Men, they do die. They do move on to do other things. So it's important to keep the youth involved mm-hmm. in that movement. Too. Oh, you got it. Because the mutants are the future and the youth is the future, so that just goes hand in hand for the mutants. Right. It can't just be, you know, guys our age and older just reading these books exactly. and you know, otherwise you're going to lose your market because we're all going to die exactly. out. Yeah. And it also explains a lot of a lot of cool things that are happening in each one of these kind of cyclic generations here is that, you know, back in 1963, I wasn't alive in 1963. Sure. Um, but I like to pretend I was. And, <laughs> and so everybody's, you know, this clean cut white guy or girl Straight. No, we existed. Thing. We just weren't in the line. No, that's not true. That's not true. I, I read about it. It's not there. So um, no. So but the, but the point is, is is that appealed to a certain demographic that was apparently the target at that time. You know, you fast forward, you get another generation. You throw now you got you know some more Native Americans. You got Scottish, you, and you got somebody who's arguably not exactly white on a new new right, right. depending <laughs> on who's coloring them at the time. Um, and then uh, you know, and then fast forward a little bit, little bit later, and then you boom. Now you got some more. Just variation, just, yeah, just right, incredible. Right. Whatever's appealing at the time, and whatever when I say appealing, I mean whatever is is meeting the need of the audience, and so that's 
so I, I think it's ex- I think it's exactly what we need. First off, yes. sure, because um, we need to, as uh, as Kelsey was just saying, we need to kind of you know freshen up what's going on. You got the cool characters are going to stay right. forever. Yeah, Wolverine but, will always but, be Wolverine, but, but you know yeah. you got to bring in something that's new, fresh, appealing. That 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 uh, I don't know. Yeah, just like you brought up about Gen S, they was like hitting all like some of the cliche, you know, stereotypical t- characters, but they put a flip on it. Like you had Monet, she was like the brown girl. I think she, is she like Moroccan? Yeah, so, she's well, like Saint right. Croix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like she was like Sorry. Saint Croix. She was Moroccan, but she was the rich mean girl. Then you had Huss, which was the poor white girl, like the right, hate. right. So they had that um, dynamic going on. You had the bad boy, and Husky is a cannibal sister. sister yeah. Yes, right, so yeah. that's legacy with right, that coming right. on from the new mutants. You bring in Jubilee, who's one of the most popular characters at the time, or Wolverine, you know, understudy. Asian. Yeah, make her like the focal point. She's Asian, uh, Chinese, I think, to be more specifically. And then you had like uh, Mondo, which was Samoan. Mm-hmm. You had Sink, which was a brother. Um, Skin, who I referenced to, he was a yes, Latino. Yes. Of Latin descent, so you had all these different nationalities and races on the one book, which uh, the team was founded by um, Emma Frost, the White Cream, and Banshee. So you had those um, alumni X Men, once a former villain, right, kind of like the right. New Mutants. How Magneto was um, he was running in charge of Charles was going Charles yeah, right. So it was a lot of in history with that too, and with Emma Frost being a former headmaster of the Hellion Squad that got killed back in the day. But also, she's got the. It, 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 I think it goes back to she has the experience to turn them into soldiers. Exactly that too, and that's constantly what you're seeing is them yes. turned into soldiers. They're exactly. fighting the good fight. Does that trope continue with uh, the Teen Titans? Not necessarily. Yeah, they're Titans turning themselves yeah. into uh, the heroes they want to be. They're turning themselves. They're training themselves to be. Yeah, he's like Batman. He's a he's a Robin. He trained under Bruce Wayne, but. It's it's this thing where every Robin <laughs> wants to be better than Batman. Yeah, they don't want that Bruce life. Yeah. <laughs> well, you say it's not possible, but then you see a lot of the choices Bruce makes, kind of a la uh, Professor X. It seems really good at the start, and then you're like, wait, what did you lie about? What situation did you put why me in? Why aren't you killing the Joker? Yeah, why aren't you <laughs> killing the Joker after he killed me and I had to be brought back oh, by hurt. Lazarus Pit? How are you? How is he still alive? How are you still making these same mistakes? Uh, It was brought up yesterday in one of the comics. um, I wish I remembered which one, but it always stuck with me. Someone points out to Tony Stark, at some point it is um, Spider-Man's fault that Green Goblin escapes and keeps killing people because he won't put him in the dirt. Hmm. And you see with these uh, adult heroes, you see a lot of points where it's life or death. It's cosmic. And with these teen teams... um, the question is, do they have to go through these same kind of things, or is it kind of watered down to make it more digestible for the readers? When it comes to like the trials and tribulations um, with these teenage heroes, um, a lot of it does stick, because for some heroes, these things are going to make them into the adults that we see them become in the future. And specifically, too, with the X-Men, because one of the things, too, I just uh, kind of came to me as I was rereading up on like the new X-Men, young X-Men, and things of that nature... Um, that relates to a lot of kids in this generation. Like, they are um, in school to learn how to better themselves with their mutant abilities and become productive uh, members of society once they graduate to be X-Men. But at the same time, that's very hard to do when every other month a Sentinel is busting through the quad and killing your classmates. And now we have um, kids in school that have to go through um, active shooter drills. I don't know how often, but now they have to constantly think about what would happen if a gunman came into school the same way like the young X-Men and new X-Men have to think, all right, is today's going to be the day that a Sentinel rolls through and blows up my classroom again? Yeah, so, all right, so yeah, you're right, obviously. A Sentinel comes up and, and blows up, you know, the um, 
the mansion like every other arc or so like that yes. and I, I can't imagine the amount of money or the the con- contribution of the local economy through contracts and whatever <laughs> that it takes to rebuild that thing I think just worth, within an issue worth industries have some worth industries, industries yeah. that are Krakoa producing <laughs> diamonds underneath the yeah. lawn yeah um, are diamonds Krakoa poop or, or, or boogers, or the the tears of Krakoa's soul. Aww. That makes them more, a little bit uh, more valuable. Let's just have a moment of silence blood for Krakoa's soul. Yeah, blood diamonds. Yeah, thanks for not having the silence. That's <laughs> nope. All right. Nope. Anyway, um, no. So, so these are obviously like massive attacks, and something like that would put somebody into trauma and counseling for the rest of their life. But that doesn't happen with with the X Men. No, so do you? So I guess do you think that though all these these uh, disasters, these attacks and stuff like that, do they serve some kind of like a smaller purpose or are they just there to be clear or what do you think about that um as far as the x-men it, i think it's more of a way for them to keep the story moving and to show the younger mutants like we're gonna have to fight hmm. this is gonna be your life now you're gonna be an x-men this is kind of what you signed up for so you're just gonna have to deal with it deal with it and learn to be stronger from it and the most important part is now that you're in this position as a team, there's going to be somebody that comes after you, and you're going to be, have to be strong enough for the next generation that follows. Because every um, team, team of X-Men, there's always one or two that Cyclops or somebody else is trying to groom to be the next right, leader. Right, right. Like Cannonball. Cannonball stepped into that, and he, he was the point and shoot. De facto le- uh, leader. Mutant. Kind of going back to him. Like, oh, it's the white guy, so right, he's going right, to be the right. team. But then he didn't feel like... He should be leader, then they gave it to Moonstar, who was like the natural leader. Danny like, always knew how to command the team and get them where they needed like to be. Like we talked before, it's kind of like the dynamic between Scott and Storm. Because Karma actually commanded people. Yes. yes. Like mentally. <laughs> mentally. <laughs> but yeah. And that's the thing, too. Like Scott and Storm, like Scott was chosen to be the leader. Storm was more of a natural feel. Oh, and when she led the, the X-Men, man, yes. she got shit done. It wasn't whiny Summer's yeah. bullshit. Yes, she was like I was a goddess once. You know, I was the wife what? of uh, Black Panther. Um, yes. You know, because what? I'm also black. Because well, well that, that's so not of course. The yeah, Why? And that's what I kind of had an issue with Storm and Black Panther at the beginning because like, I mean, all right, you take two black characters and make them. Come I mean, it's good. cool. But once I, Luke Cage is his best man. Yeah, but once uh, I Misty start reading more, is, uh, fast forward, no, it totally makes sense. But. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's how it happens. Actually, that's My real catchphrase, but that's for another episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, you're you're saying. Uh, with um, I don't want I, I don't want to cut you off. If you have any more to, more to, more to say about that? Oh well, I was just gonna get into more like parallels between like leaders stepping up. Like Serge was being groomed to be like the next leader when she was part of the the new S Men squad, but then right, he had right. Pro- Prodigy. But then mm-hmm. he kind of fell off after he lost his mutant abilities in M Day, mm-hmm. and then you kind of have Hope Summers later. They was building her up not only to be a sire, but Cable trained her to be a warrior and a leader too. Gosh, so there's always those characters being set so, up. Yeah. To be the next, because they all know one day they're not going to be here, so we got to look forward to the future. Right. So, uh, I guess with that, with them being groomed, like you said, it's not even them stepping out of the shadow of their leadership; it's them stepping up to the shadow of their leadership and yes. filling it up. But there, there are teen heroes that don't necessarily do that, and I'm curious with Kickass, John. Uh, his is a totally, totally different story because it's much more grounded in just like a, right, just a, a regular kid who doesn't have any powers. Who ends up getting tortured by the mafia, or is right, in a room that's a bloodbath, and he, you know, he he had, like basically stops fighting crime for like 
three weeks and they show him just in his bed crying like I don't want to do this anymore because that's what all of us would do if we didn't have yeah. powers and the mafia like, shakes you down and He's, then they put like um, car battery to your testicles yeah oh yeah jumper, jumper cables that so was that, hard to watch that has to happen that's like step four yeah, yeah. Somewhere in there. Characters. yeah. it's in there it's yeah. in there somewhere. it was really really <laughs> hard to uh, watch and, and it's a very graphic graphic novel like yeah. there's, there's a big old splash page of when uh, you know a, a lot of these really really gruesome things and you can just imagine this kid who's like he spends his days in these bright hallways being like oh this girl I really want to fuck this is what I'm thinking about and then he spends his nights in these murder scenes that are just horrendous and it 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 blends them really well to show that that kind of dual life that he has to lead with his you know superhero alter ego that he's got they've got to be distinct and different but uh does he I guess the question I have is, does he step into that same shadow of Big Daddy and Mindy, a hit girl? No, actually. Um, Mindy kind of takes a break after Big is murdered because she's having her childhood back. So she isn't just training with AR-15s all day. She's going to the park and going to school. She's she's having the kids stuff. So Dave, who is kick-ass, actually has to kind of go out and learn on his own. And he doesn't have any kind of mentor or anyone else because he's the only one in town. Right. So he's literally just doing trial and error and just getting beat up and getting in bad situations over and over. But he's improving because now he starts to see, like, oh, that guy's going to stab me. <laughs> right. You know? the, the, the experience has given him that, like, three-second foresight to be like, right. oh, it's like, I shouldn't be in this alley right now. <laughs> I, I'm going to go. <laughs> Okay, uh, so one of the one of the things with uh, Champions reading, which I really liked, is you know when they uh, like Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, it, it's right before Secret Wars uh, by Hickman, and um, Captain Marvel's fighting, uh, hunting down Iron Man, and they're hunting down the Illuminati. You know, like we were, they went out of order, and uh, Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, who had been working with Iron Man on the Avengers team, she's like, listen, I respect you. And I looked up to you, and there's a reason I took your old, uh, you know, mantle. But we're not doing this. I'm my own person. I'm not who you want me to be, and you got to live with that. Same way I got to live with, you know, losing this respect for you. And it was huge in the comics at the time because that's who she called. Not Ghostbusters. No, she called Miss. She called Captain Marvel. She showed up <laughs> at any time. She bailed her out of stuff. They had a good working relationship, but almost like uh, Dick Grayson with Batman. Yes. He had to go to Bloodhaven. He had to go and do his own thing. And he's yes. like, I'm never going to, you know, you gotta get out of the work shadow with you of the again. Bat. That's but right. The thing, too, about Robins, they always want to get out of the shadow of Bat. But when, when, as soon as that need for a Batman comes and Batman, Bruce isn't there, they're the first ones to suit up. Because they know, like, the world needs a Batman just like Amanda Waller in the animated sure. series. That's why she genetically um, engineered. Um, Terry McGinnis to be the future Bruce because the world needs a Batman in it too. They can hate Bruce or have that distrust or that disdain for him, but they always know the bigger purpose of the role right. of Batman. So and it is to protect the city. Do these heroes have a chance to, instead of taking up that mantle and being the next Batman, you know, be Nightwing in the future, be uh, Gold Balls in the future, you know, mm-hmm. like and be their own character in the future instead of having to take up. Oh, I'm the new Green Arrow. I'm the new, you know, Cyclops. Or I'm Wolverine now that Wolverine's dead. No, you're X twenty three. You're your own person. Do they have a chance of doing that, or is it so steeped in? Well, you're this. You know, we we've known you as this character. We've known you as this chi- childish, you know, superhero that is ineffectual compared to the original. 
so, so I know I keep bringing us back to like capitalism and stuff, but um, the, <laughs> one of the one of the challenges recently, past uh, at least three four years anyway, um, has been the the introdu- introduction of who of characters that could be potentially incredible, right? Um, right. Uh, and they and some of them anyway end up falling just short of that, mostly because they get introduced as somehow the the photocopy, the copy paste of. An iconic character, right? Um, Amadeus Cho, an otherwise outstanding character, even in the background. Ten smartest man in the Marvel universe, right? right? Was um, the tagline for a long you know, time. Takes on the the mantle of the Hulk. He calls himself the Awesome Hulk, right? Yes. And then, just fundamentally, you know, the the comic book line fails. You know, and he has to go back and be part of whatever he is. The now, champions, champ, wherever yes. where characters go to die. Right, right. right. <laughs> Jim Zub has been doing really good with it. Just, just for the record, but they did follow the same storyline where instead of his own adventures, they did Return to Planet Hulk. Oh, yeah, they yeah. did. And World War Hulk Two. Hulk Light. It was so bad. And the thing too about Amadeus Cho, he was like every strong guy's buddy. He was Hulk's best friend. Hercules. He was Hercules' best friend. And I think they just should have let him do his own thing. It's yeah. be everybody's best friend. He, his book should have been him just hopping around helping everybody mm-hmm. out while freaking out his, his own intellect. journey. Yeah, he's an intellect. Or maybe instead of making him the incredible, or the awesome Hulk, he figured out a way to just to duplicate all superheroes' power, so whatever power he needed for right. that time. But instead, they, they, they went with their own yeah, uh, Professor Hulk for yes. him, you know? He was the new Professor Hulk. Exactly. Or they could have made him a Ben 10 watch. He just... <laughs> Dial up, press it, and he has the ability of somebody else just to make it. If only, if only the woodpecker crashed. If only they were smart. That and would the, be awesome. Like, uh, that's a plug for a future episode. Uh, we have an episode coming up called "If Only They Were Smart," uh, and it's our version of "What If." Nice. So. But like X23, for example, you know, yes. why does she have to don like ex- not just a copy of the costume? No, exactly the costume. Yellow, it was gold, no, and it had the stripes. It, it was yellow and gold. It was, ex- it was his costume. Mm-hmm. Like, she took it and re sewed it like, with like seams. And a, That's right. Like, it was the actual costume. Yeah, the actual I forgot costume. about that. Um, and so now she's walking around as Wolverine mm-hmm. with three claws. Yes, different places. But. So it, it, it's like fascinating. Okay, you're going to go to Madripoor. You're going to go do all So it was. Uh, her trials were important to her, and it has a, it's a, a nuanced story. Sure, uh, and, and I'm I'm with it. It was it was pretty fun, um, but in the end, because she was calling herself Wolverine, I just kept waiting for the real Wolverine to show up. Exactly. So um, right, right. So right. I, I don't know how to answer your question exactly about the trials if they were significant or if these people get to be their own. Okay, folks. Um, because just as New Mutants were about to do mm-hmm. that, uh, they're getting real damn close. Um, Cable steps in. Yep, right. We changed right, right. X Force. Cable's expand for a while. Yeah, and then, but then they become, you know, too old. Right. I, I guess one one of the things I like about Champions is these are copy and paste characters for the most part. We've got Viv Vision, who is the synthesoid of the group. There We've got go. Miss Marvel, who has uh, basically the powers of uh, Mr. Fantastic. She can stretch. Yes. She's, you know, With the name of Miss Marvel. So that's two in one, which is a Marvel two in one. And then we've got, you know, we've got a Hulk. We've got a Spider Man. We've yeah, got Cyclops. Um, Cyclops. But in the newer the stuff, they, they went from, you know, kind of uh, repeating those stories to give them something new. Yes, Mephisto has been used with Spider Man before. But Mephisto he's shows up. He's everywhere. He shows up and he says. Listen, I'm sick of this. Your mentors, <laughs> your mentors keep your mentors keep putting you guys in these positions, and it's like they don't care how much blood is on their hands. Here's a do-over. I know your whole team just died right now. I'm gonna redo it. Get out of the game. Get out of the game. They're you know they, oh, they don't man, care about I don't you. Trust and yeah, you don't trust that. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, you've got things like uh, <laughs> Sam Alexander, who is uh, oh, Nova, yeah, Nova. Oh, yeah. and and instead of him being stuck in a cancerverse. 
he gets his helmet taken from him and has to learn to be part of a team as just human boy. Because, <laughs> yeah, because Nova is actually a legacy Does character, too. Human, <laughs> human boy defender of the Lunchable. Because <laughs> <laughs> Nova's another one of those characters that debut in a team, a team, team also with the New Warriors back in the uh, right, early right. 90s. With him, Speedball. But that he wasn't had, Sam. That was uh, that wasn't Sam. That was Richard Ryder. Richard Ryder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Firestar, Justice, Night Thrasher, and Name Rita. And Night Thrasher. What? What? What a fucking nineties teenage character. Because he yes. had a skateboard, and that was his power. <laughs> it's like Adam X the Extreme. Yes. I'm radical. Time for us to go and kick some ass. I'm yes. thrashing, and it's at night. I'm a rebel. <laughs> I think they call that raving now. Yes. But actually, <laughs> the curfew. Yeah. Actually, Night Thrasher was a black superhero vigilante that had his own company mm-hmm. that founded his um, team out of like some abandoned building to take down street drills. So naturally they covered him entirely in a uniform. Yeah, yeah. they got it. Yeah. See him. So that's one of those little things too, like, oh, he was... Make it more marketable to the white people. Yeah, he was the white, the black Batman of the Marvel Universe. Low, low key. Okay. Low, low key. <laughs> so I, I guess what I'm trying to segue us to, what I'm trying to get us to is... Uh, get us there. I want to I wanna see, you know, because if these trials, if, if these heroes looking at these teenagers saying... You're inexperienced, you know, you're not ready for what the world has to, you know, really show you and you have to train. Uh, you see that a lot in these comics. Look at the real world as well. We see kids out there, we're, like you said, with Xavier's, you know, they have to, we're trying to give them the tools to do better. We're trying to educate them in the real world. We're trying to make them better than uh, we were. And, uh, well, <laughs> sorry, you just threw me off my hand in the pen. Uh, we're trying to make them better than, than, you know, we were. But then when they come up with certain solutions, when they are actually studying, you know, to change the world, we're like, "You're still a kid. Why don't you go watch your cartoons? Why don't you go be a kid? You know, you can't." They're tell kids us what until to do. they need them to do something. Exactly. Now they're old enough to fight crime. Or now you're old okay. enough to go to war. You know, and things we, of that nature. We got Other kids that, no, who are smart as shit. Yes. So I, I, I got to take this back, back to the market again. So I, take I, us back. Yeah. <laughs> All the way back. All right. So. I think we have these teen books because it focuses at teens. Right. right? Uh, adults, uh, if you're like a 44-year-old teenager like I am, of course I'm going to read the books. But um, but normally it's targeted at the teenagers, same, about the same age. Mm-hmm. And they're all going through puberty like most of us here on the podcast have. You guys went through puberty? You'll get there, Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, but the point is, is, all, is so I'm just... Change into some after-school special here. Oh, man, he's turning his chair around. His hat is now backwards, and he's here to rap. Look, (laughs) I get it, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Camp Canceler TV. (laughs) But the point point is, their bodies are going through big changes. All right? Uh, So sometimes you get hair in funny places. Your voice gets deeper. You start getting curves in all the right places. Or perhaps you blow up your house with your optic glass. But... But is that a euphemism? Is that <laughs> no? But the point is, you're going through these big changes, right? And once that audience goes through all those changes, right. give, them, give it six, seven, ten years, something like that, they're done with these changes, right? And so now you got to go on to the uh, forgive me in the comic world, but the real world. No, gotta, yeah, absolutely. And so that's what that's what I think most of those trials are are all about. Um, and so a sentinel comes in and destroys the manor, but you know what? Back here in the corner, uh, you know. Whatever, Hank McCoy shielded Jean Grey this time. Oh, so now they share a special moment. <laughs> we'll rebuild the manor tomorrow, and then the next day we'll have another sentinel. Sure, attack. sure. So that's what I think most of these 
these challenges are analogs for that. Um, trying to restructure the groups, trying to bring them together, different relationships mm-hmm. uh, like that, and something that would relate and resonate with with the audience, the teen audience. Yeah. Um, anyway, that that's that's what I think about that. So these all these trials, once we're done, when, you know, you start talking about now I don't need Batman. Now you're an adult. We're yes. going to start up a new new team group. Uh-huh. Who does need Batman? Who came from Batman? And then right. he becomes the Batman of said group. And right, like, right. To yeah. touch upon like what TJ was saying uh, a little bit earlier, stepping out of the comic book realm, a lot of reasons why I don't think these teen heroes um, reach the level of potential they can is because of marketing. They want to mm-hmm. market them as the new Wolverine or the new Batman or new whatever instead of just... Instead of them just becoming and staying their own mm-hmm. hero, like mm-hmm. don't rename them, let them just be yeah, them. Because right. people are quick to be like, "Oh, why don't they just create new black heroes or gay heroes and put them in the movies?" Well, that takes time. It takes time, and it takes people buying them, and it takes them being popular. You just don't create a character today and they have a movie tomorrow. Right. Preach right there. So That's it's just like idea. one of those things. Sure. Give them quality. Give them time. I think like, one of the characters yeah. that, that you do see that uh, change with is uh, Cannonball's best friend, Sunspot. Sunspot, yes. He goes on to take over AIM and yes. use it as, instead of uh, advanced ideas mechanics, uh, yes. Avenger idea mechanics. Exactly. And he's like, hey, you guys, you guys cute. are all super geniuses. I'm still going to pay you really well, and I'm going to treat you better, but let's let's do some good science. Some yeah. good evil science, I yes. think he calls it. Right. Roberto, <laughs> uh, Roberto had like one of the best glow-ups, pun intended, of probably any new mutant since Cannonball, really, because, like you said, he became, like, a de facto X-Man during right, the Avengers right. versus X-Men art. Then he became a new Avenger thanks to Jonathan and Hitman once. Another reason why I love Hitman. He's just a all great writer. writer. All, exactly. praise <laughs> all praise be to him, not Odin. Fuck that shit. You say that until Hickman writes in a book about Odin. Just I know, Odin. Right? I'm going to buy that some And, and it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, but then, like you said, he goes on to um, revamp AIM and make it something great mm-hmm. and good and also went into play of Secret Invasions and all that and it helped uh, US them Avengers. go US out Avengers. to um, Thor and like Hyperion go out to the multiverse See what's going on through like the Hank, oh, yeah. Hank Pym. All that came from Sunspot, mm-hmm. who took his millions in inheritance because he's filthy rich too, mm-hmm. and used that for a good purpose as well. So yeah, I mean, and, okay, so it, it's very similar to what you see what happened with Angel in the group. But and I, I feel like we were, we're a little X focused on this uh, episode. But it's it, happened. They're it, exceptional. It, it's a mess. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's fine. Like we're gonna have more podcasts. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, well, don't don't worry. If what about Angel? Do you mean Ward, Warren Worthington the, the third? The third. That's, a That's right. Say that three times. Warren fast. Worthington. No. Nope. <laughs> I'm not I got cocky and thought I could do it once. Um, Warren Worthington the third. Fuck you. I will <laughs> flip this fucking table. <laughs> it's like the Micro Machines guy. Really. Except not. Yeah. Um, what are you saying about Angel? I was saying it's, it's kind of like what he was trying to do with the group, where he's like, I could fund all of our shit. Yes. But then, you know, Life Seed, Death Seed, Archangel, Apocalypse, oh, Rebirth, Memory Loss. There's it, so much time to like death. That's yeah, right. right. Turn okay. to Death wasn't himself, was a new angel running That's around. Right. Uh, That's but, right. But then, you get, then you've got uh, Roberto, who, who doesn't just do it, but he does it with this finesse where he's like, Guess what, guys? I do evil science, too, but I use it for good. And this is a chaos machine, but you know what? We're going to give it over to Captain America, and he's going to turn it into whatever a he week wants. week and a grand. You know? And it's great, because <laughs> he, he finds out he's got M-Pox, and every time he uses his powers, he ages some more. And he doesn't care. He's like, no, we're going to do some good stuff, and uh, it's going to be worth it. Yeah, do good while you can. He did become his own character in that right, and he didn't have to change his name. He didn't have to become... 
you know, take over the mantle of someone else. So that's really fascinating. Again, X-Universe X focused here, but, you know, we they had the, the competition for leadership between mm -hmm. Sunspot and Cannonball, right? And the white guy won. Yeah. I mean, thank God. I mean, like answer, what? Right? Because what? when Cannonball is blasting, he's damn near yeah. nigh invulnerable. He's nigh invulnerable. <laughs> nigh invulnerable right. while he's blasting. That's right. Now, at, but, and now for whatever decision was made, then, you <laughs> know, whatever, it. hopefully <laughs> they've learned. But the point is, is that, that he could have just gone off and, and never come back. Right. Now, it's yeah. true he did disappear for a little while. But but then he comes back and he's, as you said, Daniel, he's, he's already he's his own character. is one that's like, they could have made him the... the I don't know the chief, of Sh the director of Shield, right. which would have been a normal archetype. I mean, Tony, Captain America, yeah. sure. No, but um, but instead <laughs> he buys AIM, takes over AIM for crying <laughs> out loud. Gives out of left field, gives it a cheesy name, but I kind of feel like that's kind of the name Rob Robert DeCosta would have been. Exactly. Right, right, right. And so, <laughs> yeah, right. Now, it, now the whole thing yeah, it doesn't fail horribly, but the the story arc stops. U.S. Avengers mm -hmm. stops, yeah, and that's that too bad. But yeah. um, U.S. Avengers, U.S. Yeah. It wasn't almost a like GI Ant Man. Oh, yeah. just like, I was like, yeah. that's cool on paper, but then you say it out loud. And it's like, stupid as shit. Mm. I see so. what you, but I see it, literally, I see it. But, like, mm. but then again, that's all their adult arc. Right. Yeah. It's just not their teenage arc. It's almost like these teenage teams are little laboratories and test beds for those characters that are going to stick. Yes, okay. and that's exactly yeah. what so it I, is. That, that, that brings me to the point I really want to make here. Oh, good. Yeah. They did great stuff as teens. Mm. They helped defend you know, their world and their families not necessarily their, their biological families, but their, their superhero families sure. um, as teens. And then the, the ones that go on and aren't necessarily um, deterred by being looked down upon by the adults, by you know society, they go on and they do some great things in these books. So the comparison I really want to get to is uh, real-world teens. Uh, Greta, uh, what's her last name? Remind me of that last name. Nuremberg? Yeah, Gre Greta Nuremberg, maybe? Something like that. Um, but she... She's killing it right now. She's super smart. She's uh, someone else. Jump in on this. Uh, I think she's just a Swedish act activist, and mm -hmm. she's all about um, climate change. And she's traveling around and speaking to people and getting. This, and she's a teenager, this, so she's not being taken seriously. Younger generation amped up. Who you know, hopefully, once they get to vote, will take their own take on it. Mm -hmm. But I mean, <laughs> seeing this this kid seemingly do more work to save the planet than, mm -hmm. you know, the people who are actually in charge of it in, in, in the seats of power is just right. fascinating. And just, frankly, it makes me uh, excited for the next generation, which is not easy The ones that survived the Tide Pod eatings yeah. and uh, yes. eating themselves <laughs> the, off buildings. The not bath salts. And the <laughs> <laughs> but those same ones, uh, like there, were, there was uh, these two teens that created a, a bacteria or they, 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 a virus or something that... Um, eats the plastic away from the ocean. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, you they want to build a better world where they can take those ideas, where they can take those uh, advanced idea mechanics mm. and be like, okay, well, we're not, we don't have to worry about dying now that, you know, the planet's going to overheat. What else can we do? Can we make it to the yeah. stars? Can we make it to the, the trenches of the ocean where we can't get yet because of pressure? Yes. Well, and, like, they they, uh, they just have, you know, fresh eyes on it. Where exactly. It's, it's like, we've been doing stuff the same way for so long and they just pop out and they're like hey I'm a creative kid right I just have this <laughs> random lightning bolt and like oh yeah I can make something that eats plastic at 16 and maybe right. save the ocean they, they they're uh, they're the people who saw someone doing the twist and then turned it into breakdance you know and they're <laughs> right. like well how about if you keep twisting it all has thank, to thank start someplace because <laughs> yeah. that's um, a oh go ahead <laughs> no, so uh, okay so has that happened in a teen comic book 
Roberto da Costa. The, okay. He started One with that. Time. You've I'm also sure got a poster some... of all the characters here in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's funny that it took um, him somebody so long to do that one. idea, too, because why didn't Tony think of that? Be- Taking a defunct of aim or sure. buying out the villains. Cause right. he, like, in because movie, he was an alcoholic. Well, not always, <laughs> but he had to stop. But it's like, even in the movies, like, your friends are your friends. The word the line was that he told on um, the claw was like he he has no problem working with said enemy, right? When it's beneficial to him, so why not pay the your enemy to work for you well, in better ways? Look at like, uh, don't do evil. Don't pay you millions. Mm-hmm. Look at <laughs> look, look at Moon Girl. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Yes. She solved the Banner uh, conundrum because it was the thing he left behind to see who the next genius would be, and she's just like that. I, yeah, it figured it out. And um, her and uh, fucking Nadia from the, the New Wasp. New Wasp. She's also a genius, and they're trying to better the world right yeah, they now got a to squad, keep actually. going. And uh, with uh, with Lunella, one of the cool things I saw because it was just a side plot in her story, where she was trying to understand the the Terrigen mists, mm. and then the events of uh, AVI, Avengers versus yeah. Inhumans, came in, and. Um, her and Forge ended up working together, and she goes, "Oh yeah, you know, like yeah, you're supposed to be my enemy right now." Tell you what, how about we stop this whole fighting thing by figuring out how the Terrigen Mists won't hurt you guys and without killing it so my people won't be pissed. We're both two very smart people. I'm a little smarter. But <laughs> she smart <laughs> yeah, she's exactly. like, but let's work together and figure this out. Let's stop. And they do. And, you know, a few other characters, Emma Frost, didn't like that because they're like, no, I need my war. I need my war and I need my soldiers. Yeah, and Because she's, she's, like, she's a grown adult with... Her adult issues. Yes, those biases and everything she brings exactly. to that table. Then you had like Riri Williams that came in and took just a prodigy. Um, Iron Man armor <laughs> and basically um, reverse engineered, creating her own. And it just shows, like, especially the young women and young readers, that you could follow in the footsteps of these teenage heroes. Right. Like, you could find inspiration to that, just like the real world teens we were talking about. Even like the people, the survivors, the Parkland shootings, yeah. and other people, young know, people talking about immigration and how these um, laws are affecting them in the real world. Now they're taking that power into themselves to educate the young. So when, like you said, um, John, when they can vote, they can use that power. Yes, that's why it's important to have like a new generation of teenage heroes to inspire the teenagers, the youth of the country. Um, once again, I'm gonna plug this cartoon forever like with Captain Planet yes the bunch of planeteers are going around with superpowers trying to teach people to recycle and guess what they didn't want to hear it from them because they were kids don't tell me what to do with my (laughs) plastic bags (laughs) my paper cups the deforestation fuck the trees you're just a kid what do you know like no these kids was out there teaching you right from wrong and that instilled in a whole generation of kids like myself the right or wrong the rights and wrong of littering, pollution, and just trying to live within our means. And we pass that information on to the kids that we're under because you need to learn these things. We need to be working on that. So it's very important that we have those right. messages and we do that need makes you, things makes like you wonder if they if these teen groups need to have a message. Because otherwise, they're just a bunch of worthless teens. Well, right. I think in some ways... You can't have a message in some of the books. You just can have fun. Like, right. Teen <laughs> Titans Go is Titans just is, a uh, fun book. But even no, though no, they throw in some lessons here, but sometimes... Yeah, and the Riri yeah. Williams, uh, you know, Ironheart. Yeah. I, got, I have some issues with the idea that she has to have uh, iron... Or she has a suit of armor that is the same color scheme as Iron Man. She has to use did. the same... Did. 
I stopped reading it when it was okay. When they said, "Oh, we're going to bring in like you know, the teen ten rings," of, like, oh, sh- for, yeah, we'll forget. No, it. Nobody cares about yeah, yeah, I'm so Mandarin tired. again. You just you just follow the same Iron Man story. Didn't Punisher um, just kill the Mandarin? Yeah, yeah, like, his new Mandarin hasn't done that, anything significant. But that <laughs> that being said, um, so th- those issues I, I I have with that particular book, but I do love the fact that she's like totally STEM oriented and she's like, yes. she's like mm-hmm. incredibly so, and she has trouble because she's so Spartan. Yes. Um, in, Too nor- smart. in normal school, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, oh, I guess I do have to go to high school. So right? I'm yeah, I, got, I still have to finish this. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it, does she? Can she just get a GED? And just but then it also <laughs> isolates her from her teammates on Champions, where she's like. I literally can't talk to any of you right now. You're too fucking stupid. <laughs> like, oh, she's that character. And, and, and Sam, well, yeah, because Sam and Miles are like, you know, they're uh, they're they're, they're dorky teenage <laughs> boys, yeah, you know, like, normal. and she's just like, you guys are idiots, and she's like, I need to be. Miles, like, wait, I go to advanced program school. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, not that advanced. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, and I, I keep going back to Champions. One of the things I liked about it was the message behind it was that. Like, you can actually change the world even if you're seen as ineffectual by the adults around you. Mm. Uh, one of the things I loved about uh, Moon Girl is it always started off with a quote from either a philosopher or a mathematician. Dead or white guy. Yeah, dead white guy. Mostly dead white men. <laughs> but it was cool because it's like, hey, you know, keep going. Keep, yeah. go, keep doing this. But um, I, you I, never know what you could do if you stop. I think if we gave these characters the chance to uh, fulfill that potential without the limits of who came before them, who's potentially coming mm-hmm. after them, but just giving them a chance for them. It's interesting. I think yes. we would see more than, you know, comparing them to past, present, and future characters. Yeah, and before we get out of here, I just want to touch upon a couple of other um, teen groups out there. Like, my first teenage um, comic book that I bought in the late 90s was A-Nets. It's the, for Nets Avengers, oh, part of okay. M's, yeah. uh, MC2 universe. Um it's, it's, um, basically, it was like the counterparts to like already established Avengers, like American Dream was the daughter of uh, Sharon Carter. Then you had Mainframe that was a robot created by Tony Stark, Stinger, Thunderstrike, mm-hmm. J2, which was the juggernaut to his son. So you had those characters. And it was a fun book for me just getting into comic books and seeing these legacy characters because now I'm thinking about it. That's the first time Marvel very really hit on the legacy aspect of the next heroes to come and that came in you know alternate timeline but you know sure. it tried it and then you have like the first and oldest um, teen group which is the Legion of Superheroes which was created in 1958 you know yep. DC Comics they also had a cartoon that ran for a little bit a lot of people didn't know yeah. about that there's even a new Legion book coming out and I think we're gonna yes. have Mike on the show when, uh, yes. when we cover that one so that's a little foreshadowing right mm-hmm. there for you and then uh, a new um Teen duo that's getting some more popularity as late because they have a new show that comes on Freeform now. It's on Hulu as well. Ooh, will be Drop and Dagger, yes. which is one of my favorite. Tyrone and Tandy, yeah. so good. Yeah, they went from being um, runaways on the street that got injected by um, some type of chemical um, compound that um, unlocked their latent abilities and turned who, them into crime. Fighters. Who made that uh, compound? Um, I want to say he was the power broker. Is that Alchemax? It was Alchemax. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're behind everything. Exactly, because then <laughs> in the TV show, they got their abilities from an oil rig explosion by Roxxon. Oh, it was, was Roxxon, sorry. <laughs> yeah, because they went from New York in the comic books to New Orleans in the TV series. And if you haven't watched that series, I definitely um, recommend that. Right, Alchemax is uh, Spider-Man 2099. Yes. That's, that's my mistake. And another teen group that is an OG that people forget started in the comic books also. How could we not talk about these guys? 
the heroes in the half shell, the fucking Ninja Turtles, man. It's in the name. Teenage is in their name. They're the ones uh, named after <laughs> yeah. those um, philosophers and uh, Japanese um, artists, right? Reverse that. <laughs> 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 but no, you got them. Then you, you have got um, also. You've got. About to get smacked over there. <laughs> then you also have. I already talked about the uh, Planeteers. You got Sailor Moon. There was a teenage oh, yeah, group. Yeah, yeah. We'll be talking about you know anime last episode. Then you also have a lesser known group called the Slingers. We're a group of heroes that took on the uh, abandoned alter egos of Peter Parker once Peter Parker was on trial for being Spider-Man. So he had to create these new identities, this continued crime fighting while his name got cleared. And lastly, I just want to plug in um, Umbrella Academy. That's on Netflix. It was a hit. Teenage Heroes. Kind of, you know, there's some inspiration from the X-Men in there, a little Doom Patrol-y, Doom Patrol-ish stuff in there as well. Mm -hmm. If you haven't Mm -hmm. watched that, check that out too. Yeah. Okay. Um, John Mark, uh, final thoughts, I suppose. Um, I guess I just kind of wanted to touch on the fact that I think uh, comics are a great um, medium to kind of mentor that that like specific group there that's like going through those those tough teen sure. years. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's, since it is kind of fun and it is kind of bite size, uh, mm-hmm. as yeah. uh, as you coined earlier, T. You know, I think it's a really good format that we could actually use to you know get them out there doing stuff. Right, right. They aren't just fighting crime, they're picking up stuff at the park, you know, they're at soup kitchens or whatever it is. Right, they're they're, they're putting in the time, they're they're being heroes outside of using their powers sometimes. Right, just like local heroes that aren't, you know, you don't have to throw a car down the the street to be a good person. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) I don't know if throwing a car down the street is necessarily the act of a good person. If it's it's toward a villain. Oh, oh, okay. Sure. Uh, yeah. What about you, TJ? If, if you had a car to throw, who would you throw it at? Uh, are we talking real world or uh, are, are the comic books? So many options. Tune in next week. Um, <laughs> who's getting hit by a car? <laughs> so I, I, I just wanted to say that I love comic books. Um, and as a medium that spanned, jeez, uh, decades and decades of, of social change, um, you, have to, you have to acknowledge that once you start, you're obviously going to make mistakes. And so you start back in, you know, in the 50s and the 60s and the kinds of comics and the kind of archetypes and the kind of people and the themes that you ran with were so vanilla, so safe, so uh, mainstream at the time perhaps, but obviously neglected huge portions of the population. But through these teen books, you get a chance to start over a little bit. Right, um, and so you get to take the you, you get to take the market, as I keep saying, you know, and you get to advance it just a little bit more. Now you only have a certain amount of time, all right, um, in order to do that. So maybe you don't make huge changes, but at the same time, you do have that time, as Kelsey was saying, that you know you get to to inundate the next generation mm-hmm. with with this medium that's already fun to look at with bright colors and fanciful fights and neat costumes and powers and stuff like that. And then you get to teach them just a little bit about the way the world should be. Okay. A, a little bit more. It's not perfect. It never will be, but we're, we can move it just that much further. So, Baby steps. Uh, yeah. And 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 so with, with the teen books, sometimes you don't take them seriously. I'm going right, to, you know, right. I'm, I'm supposed to be an adult. And um, <laughs> and sometimes I don't take all of them seriously either. I, would do, I do like the, the, the adult teams, I guess. But mm-hmm. still, I... It's in these little laboratories that we're that we're gonna find the the new way of doing things. We're gonna change the paradigm and change the world and and maybe save it along the way. Yeah. Um, 
wow, <laughs> that's actually a really good way of looking at that. Um, all right, well, I think that uh, that just about does it for us this week, guys. Um, thanks for taking the time to come and uh, drink and eat and uh, be merry. Word. Um, TJ, you, you, you had a shout-out that we are not sponsored uh, by. That's I, I right. I just want to point that, that out first. That's right. We are absolutely not sponsored by uh, Laughing Lab Brewery and, and drinking this uh, Scottish ale, which is quite tasty, I think. John, do you agree? I would go ahead and second that. It's it's yeah. hits the palate nicely and easy to drink. It's That's pretty good, yeah. <laughs> uh, Kels, what do you got plug-wise for us? Plug-wise, I want to shine light on one of the most underrated cartoons, I think, because as we mentioned earlier, the X-Men started off as a teen book, but the X-Men outside of the comic books have never really been represented as teens and the cartoons are movies, except for this um, cartoon, X-Men Evolution. Oh, so good. If it's on Hulu still, I believe, check it out there. If not, find it wherever you can. Pound for Pound, one of the best superhero um, cartoons made, definitely top 10. And also, it gave us X-23. The same way that Batman Animated Series gave us Harley Quinn, X-23 started as the original concept on the show. And of course, now she's infamous or famous. Oh, yeah. yeah. Depending on how you slice it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes, I did. So definitely check that out. And another side (laughs) note, that series also um, gave me uh, the idea, or it could give Marvel the idea to how to keep Magneto youthful. And the MCU when they introduce him, because there's an episode where you get his origin and how Wolverine and Captain America both help liberate him and the other Jews from the concentration oh, camps cool. back in uh, concentration camps back in World War Two. Mm-hmm. So basically, he f- figured out a way to keep um, to de-age himself using his magnetism in the machine. <laughs> of course. So maybe they could use that in the MCU, so we don't have a 90-year-old Magneto trying to fight. A whole bunch I don't of know. T- I mean, maybe it's just me, hours. but I want to see some teens beat up a 90-year-old man who was a Holocaust survivor. No, don't do that. Don't do any of that. Fights <laughs> or something like that. That's yeah, I, don't, I don't know if anybody's going to come down on that side. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think <laughs> there'll be somebody. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they'll watch it ironically. Oh, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> I only have the Confederate flag up because I hate it <laughs> and what they stood for. Yeah, to remind myself. John, where can the people find you? <laughs> uh, you can check out my Facebook at John Maseri or my Instagram at John Mark Art. I'm, I'm a local artist. I take commissions. I like to draw comic book stuff or you know junk for your nudes. kids. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, lots of nudes. Lots of nudes. Mm. Noodle That's art good. is That's some good. of the best art that I think uh, we are underappreciating. <laughs> get some pretty noodles. hot noodles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> get some hard noodles. Get some soft noodles. You've got uh, just all sorts, man. And, and God bless you for doing that work. Big old design noodles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, TJ, uh, where can you, the people find you? You can't find me anywhere. You can find me here on the, on the Escaping <laughs> Podcast more times than not, I think. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and so dial one eight hundred got X Men if you want TJ to be a regular on this podcast. No, see, he has you dial that because every time you do, he gets fifteen cents per call. The fact of the matter is, TJ's already been established as a core member of this podcast, <laughs> but that helps fund us. And uh, when we get the Patreon up, that's all going towards that. Word. Um, I guess plugs for this week. Uh, always Escape Velocity Comics. They are so great for letting us record here. Um, they always have a book of the week. And uh, before I get to that, just remember our ideas, our opinions, our jokes, they are our own. They are in no way in shape or form uh, relate to that of Escape Velocity, re- represent that of them. They just let us be sexy in their store. And God damn it, it's so nice to be able to record a podcast naked. Isn't that right, boys? It's true. Oh, it's true. Yeah. It's, very it's, it's, a, it's a good it's, experience. It's, a drafty, it's way too hot in here. The fact that we don't have the uh, windows covered is a and little risky. This is like the first podcast with no flies in here. Like, <laughs> That's right, dude. Oh, my God. Now that you said it, there's probably going to be a bunch of flies. Uh, Escape Velocity Comics always has a book of the week. This is the graphic novel of the week. It is Assassination Volume 1 by Image. It's written by Kyle Starks and uh, illustrated by Erica Henderson. 
Hot off her breakout success at Marvel, two-time Eisner Award winner Erica Henderson from the, unbe- the unbeatable Squirrel Girl and Jughead teams up with Kyle Starks from Sex Castle and Rick and Morty for a hilarious twist on the hitman trope. The former world's greatest hitman hires 20 best assassins in the world to be his bodyguards. These mean-as-hell hired guns and murderers must work together to keep the new crime boss safe while attempting to solve the mystery of who's trying to off him. Probably one of them. With the same laugh-until-you-cry spirit of action comedies like Hot Fuzz, Tropic Thunder, and Deadpool, Assassination is the bombastic, side-splitting murder fest you've been waiting for. I can tell you from reading it, it was amazing. I thought I was going to hate it. By the first issue, I was like, fuck, I need more of this. Be sure to come by, talk to me or one of the other employees, and we'll get you a copy of that book. Uh, Today, we're going to leave you with... um, I'm dying. My death, as <laughs> we well as uh, Carnival Rides by A Bad Night for a Hero. That is, again, by C.J. Hackett. He was on the show last two Whoop. episodes. Man, he is a talented guy. He actually is going to be writing us a track for this show. Yeah, I know. Uh, nice. You can't hear it or see it, but everyone is pretty visibly Word. excited uh, about this. I'm going to have to hit him up about that. we got to do some co-writing then. You guys going to do like a, a, a song for the soundtrack that is the movie of uh, our show? Like yes. A, like a rap we, battle? Yeah. Not a battle, a collaboration. I don't battle. I just perform. There so, you go. <laughs> if, uh, if you or anyone else you know would like to have your music featured on the show, please go ahead and email us at escaping.podcast at gmail.com. Remember, folks, there can only be one chum bucket. We will see you next time. Yes, and if you are a teen or even an adult and you're still trying to figure out who you want to be in life, just remember there's always time to be an escaping. Stay on candy, y'all. i
finds that my heart is designed just to keep me away from hurting you I can see that you're scared of me more than the air that we suddenly seem to fall right through I can't tell if the girl So what else can I do? I could stay at arm's length like I'm clever But oh no, I'd never, I know she loves me too So tell me what's up